It is great to be with you on this Palm Sunday. We're so excited to be able to worship with you, even though it's in different avenue of online worship. So whether you're joining us through our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, or maybe you've clicked on a link to listen to us through the website, we're just so glad that you've joined us this morning for worship. Easter Sunday is next Sunday, and so we're excited to announce, uh, which again is not news to anybody, but Easter has not been canceled. Easter is still going to be celebrated, and I believe as Christians that we celebrate the resurrection every single day as we live out our life for Him. And so I want to encourage you, and I want to invite you to join us next Sunday for our Easter celebration service. One of the original plans that we had was we were going to pass out these prayer cards that you'll see on the screen as well. And these were just prayer cards that had some empty spaces on them for you to invite somebody to be in church with you. Now, it was prayer cards for you to, to pray about somebody who you would want to see in an Easter service somewhere. Now, some people have family far and wide and they can't join us on that holiday, and that's understandable, but we wanted to encourage you to be praying for somebody that you know needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday. Well, now, through the avenue of online worship, you would be able to invite those people or share this video on their Facebook page or, or drop them a link to the YouTube service so that you can experience Easter together with them. What an incredible opportunity that will be. So next Sunday, Easter Sunday, we will be online for church to worship again together. And we'll have some more announcements to come as we have some special things planned for our Easter service. I'm so looking forward to that time together. I wanted to share something uh, from my heart about our current church situation and the COVID-19 uh, outbreak. Some people believe that we could still meet together, that church and worship is an essential business. And I believe that's true as well, that we are an essential uh, business, an essential uh, workforce that's needed because worship is essential. However, I do not believe that just by having a stay-at-home order that we cannot still worship and gather together in different ways. And so I'm so thankful that we can still worship together during this time of stay-at-home recommendation and social distancing. If you found those places of moments of worship in your own home, with your family, around the table, there's new and exciting ways to do it. And I'm so thankful for that as well. The Church of the Nazarene is a part of a global church, and we have some people in leadership that have urged us and encouraged us to do some things to make sure that we follow the recommendations. And as you've probably heard by our governor in Illinois, the mandate has been extended to April 30th. And so we want you to know that we will continue to have online services through the month of April as we gather together. You will still see us on our Facebook page throughout the week for devotionals. And we're looking at adding some new elements as well to a private prayer meetings uh, online so that we can gather together and encourage one another live and be able to, to share those times of prayer and encouragement together uh, online as well. So be looking for those announcements to come as well. We have made this decision to comply, not because we are afraid of the government or we're afraid of being infected. We have made this decision because we are called to be shepherds for all people, the elderly, the sick, and those that are not infected yet. We are called to be helpful, to be respectful, compassionate, and caring. We will get through this, and we will remember that we are not called to spread the virus. Rather, 
we are called to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful that now is a time for us to use some sanctified common sense and some grace. Thank you for spreading this word and getting the word out to those that are not a part of this regular uh, broadcast, but extending grace to those and caring for one another by adhering to the mandate. There was a suggestion that we could have drive-in church on Easter Sunday. We have just been notified that that would be illegal and that would be uh, punishable uh, by the local authorities if we were to have that. And so we want to respect uh, our authorities that are above us, and we want to be good Christians as we extend grace and compassion and respect for those around us. With all of that being said, we are making plans to worship together in Easter in some exciting new ways. However, it's my desire and it's the desire of our staff that we do have a special Easter celebration once we're able to return to face-to-face -face worship. Now, it may not seem like a normal Easter Sunday, but I believe that once we're able to come back together, this is going to be an exciting time that we do not want to miss as we worship together. So we're looking forward to those opportunities and uh, be looking forward to that first face-to-face -face Sunday when we will celebrate once again a risen Savior on a special Easter service. I want to thank you so much for your continued support uh, with the mailing in of your tithes and your offerings, of your prayers, your texts, your emails. And I want you to know that we send out these weekly emails to notify everybody of the announcements and what's going on. If you are not getting those emails, would you please call the church office at 217-285-4091. We would love to add you to that list and get you included in those communications. I want to ask you before we get into God's word, if you would join me in prayer this morning. Father God, we thank you so much for your love for us, for your grace, your mercy. And we ask you in this moment to continue to comfort us, bring us peace and hope as we worship together in new ways. Give us some new traditions to, to be able to start and implement with our families. Give us new opportunities to be the church outside of these four walls. God, I thank you for these creative ways that we are able to spread the gospel into so many different homes and lives through the avenue of technology. God, your word is timeless, and Lord, I'm so thankful that it works through technology, it works through face-to-face, -face, and I'm so glad that today, on this Palm Sunday, we can worship you and say, Hosanna, save us now, Lord Jesus. Be with us in our time together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we begin Holy Week, and it starts today with what we call Palm Sunday. Some people uh, call this Passover or Yom Kippur, and then there's others that this is the Festival of the Figs. And this gathering in the Jewish culture was the largest gathering of its time and the largest gathering that was celebrated by the Jewish people. Many families would journey to Jerusalem, the holy city, for this special festival and this special holiday. And E.P. Sanders, a great theologian, said, and he estimates that there would have been probably anywhere from 300 to 500,000 people in Jerusalem awaiting this festival and celebrating together. When I read that, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if on our first Sunday back, we could see record attendance across this country and across this nation of people seeking the face of God in person once again. Wouldn't it be great if we heard numbers that every person in Pike County was in church on that first Sunday back? What an incredible and cool opportunity that would be. 
Now, as many of you know me, you know that I'm not one for crowds, but that would be one worship service I would not want to miss. I want us to take a look at scripture today and see what God would want to show us on this Palm Sunday 2020 as we watch and we listen from our homes with our families and worship together. So would you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew? Matthew chapter 21 is where we're going to be reading today. And I'm going to read the first 11 verses to you from the New Living Translation, and we'll have it on the screen for you as well. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did just as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him, and they threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowd replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. I want to share with you this morning about four specific things in this passage that I believe are important for us to take heed of, to be aware of, and why it's important on this Palm Sunday as we worship together today. Four different items or words in this passage that can ground us in a place of reverence for our Savior, a place of worship, a place of surrender, a place of victory, and a place of hope. So let's jump right in here. Number one, we must see the importance of this donkey or the donkey colt. In the text, we see Jesus give some orders to his disciples on getting the perfect parade ride for this celebration. I don't know about you, but the perfect parade ride does not seem like a newborn colt, a donkey's colt to me. I would rather be in a nice Jeep Wrangler with the tops off or a, a fancy sports car as I could ride down the parade route. But Jesus chose this donkey, a donkey's colt, to ride on through this processional. I don't know about this donkey being the perfect ride, but I do know that this donkey had purpose. This donkey had purpose. Jesus gave the orders for his disciples to follow, to go in ahead of him into the town and to find this donkey and its colt tied together. He told them the specifics about this. He told them exactly what to find. And as they went into Jerusalem to find this donkey and this colt, it was exactly as Jesus had told them. Now, if you needed confirmation at this point as one of his disciples that he was who he said he was, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, maybe this would be one of those opportunities where the light bulb goes off in your head. 
wow, he just described this exact event to a T as we're walking up to it. And they're able to get the donkey and they're able to come out with this donkey. But the purpose behind this donkey doesn't just stop at Jesus's orders or his command. The purpose here is that it fulfills prophecy. You see, the donkey fulfills scripture from the Old Testament for Jesus to be the Messiah that all the Jewish people were waiting for and that everyone was looking forward to as well. In our text, verses four and five explain to us that this fulfillment of scripture comes from the prophet Zechariah in chapter nine, verse nine. I would encourage you to go look it up as well. I wanna read it to you, but go read this story as well as the prophet describes the coming Messiah. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, a donkey's colt. You see, we know Jesus knows the prophecy that was there before him, and he knows that he needs to fulfill this so that the people will recognize that he is the Messiah they've been waiting for. He calls his disciples to task to facilitate this order to fulfill prophecy. And it happens just as he said it would. Not only that, we see him give orders. They happen exactly as it is. It fulfills prophecy. But when you think about the practice of this, this donkey's colt has never been ridden. What an incredible parade ride. A donkey who's stubborn by nature, who's never been ridden, is now going to be ridden through a parade with 300 to 500,000 people watching. Now, I know some of you have experienced riding horses and training colts and, and breaking horses to, to be able to ride and do all those things that you do with them. I have a little bit of experience in that, and I know that it's not easy to get onto a horse or a donkey that's never been ridden. It's really not easy to get on a horse and to expect them to do what you want them to do early on in their life with a huge crowd around that could spook them very easily. I just don't see how convenient this donkey's colt would have been to ride into this parade. But it fulfills scripture and it shows us and it signifies that Jesus was in complete control. What an incredible opportunity we have to see the importance of a stubborn donkey to realize that Jesus is still in control. I'm so glad he's in control. The second thing we must see the importance of today is the laying down of the cloaks or the garments or the coats. I've put a picture here for you to look at and you can see that this kind of depicts what's happening in verse seven when it says they threw their garments over the colt, and Jesus sat on it. Then most of the crowd threw their cloaks and garments on the road so he could walk on them. The sign of taking off your cloak or your garment on your outer garment was a sign and a symbol of reverence, of respect, of love, of admiration of the person you're surrendering your garment to. As, as a guy who uh, enjoyed getting to know uh, ladies when I was younger and going on dates and especially as I got to meet my wife and, and all of those things that happened in that. One of those things when you're on those early dates is you would do something. You'd usually go out to a place, go for a walk, maybe a picnic in the park, and it might start to get in the cool of the evening. And as a gentleman would do, he would 
remove his coat and he would give it to his significant other and he would surround her in it. He would show her that she's important. He would try to comfort her with the warmth of a different coat and just to show that he respected her and comforted her. When we say, I'll give you my coat, it means that I believe you matter. I care about you, and I want you to know that you're important to me. You see, in this passage of scripture, Jesus doesn't command them to put their coats down, but they do it anyway as a sign of care and concern, of reverence and respect to this coming king. So today I wanna to ask you this question. What can your coat symbolize today? Would you be willing to take off your coat for Jesus? When's the last time that you've shown an act of surrender to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, your Savior, your God? Would you take your coat off for Jesus today? So we see the donkey was important because it had never been ridden. It shows Jesus is in control. The coats, the garments being taken off and laid, laid down on the road and over the donkey is, a, is important because it signifies our response as reverence to the king, Jesus, our king. Number three, we must see the importance of the palm branch. I've got a couple of palm branches here that you can see, and it's important that we understand why is it so important that they waved these palm branches and said the things that they said. Why is the palm branch so important to this story? Why do we call this Palm Sunday? The Jewish people knew that the Messiah was coming, that the Savior of the world would come from the line of David. Matthew is writing in the context of this scripture to the Jewish people to try to help them see that Jesus is who he said he was, that he is the Messiah that they've been waiting for. And he would come from this line of David, and so they are shouting, Hosanna, save us now, son of David. They're saying, they're waving the palm branches as a significant um, sign of who Jesus is to them. So I had to look up what's so important about the palm branch. Why wasn't it just flowers? Or why wasn't it some other branch of a tree that was happened to be on the parade route? It's very important and it's very interesting to me how this applies to our faith in the story of Jesus. Nothing about this story was circumstantial. You see, the palm branch symbolizes these interesting things. It's a symbol of victory and triumph. It's a symbol of peace and eternal life or immortality. You see, Jesus comes into the holy city of Jerusalem riding on a donkey's colt. He fulfills scripture. There's 300 to 500,000 people there in Passover to worship. They're waiting, they're expecting the coming Messiah. And here he comes fulfilling scripture to a perfect T. The people, they surrender their garments as a sign of respect. They cut off the palm branches to say, we are hopeful for victory, for triumph, for peace, for immortality. We are looking for a savior to save us. And they shout praises to Jesus. He's at the center of the parade and these palm branches are showing that they believe he will bring them victory, that he will bring them triumph that he will be their peace and their eternal life 
if they would believe in him. By waving the palm branches, they are declaring to Jesus, we believe you are the hope of the world. We believe that you are our savior and we believe that you will bring us peace. So my question to you today is this, are you able to wave your palm branch for Jesus? Are you able to say, Jesus, I love you so much. I am putting my hope and my trust in these uncertain days. And I believe that you will bring victory, that you will bring triumph, that you will bring peace, that you will bring eternal life. Can you cut down your own palm branch today and wave it as a sign of saying, I believe, I'm trusting in you, I'm hopeful for what you're going to do. The donkey was important to fulfill scripture and to show that Jesus was in control. Our coats being laid down is an act of surrender. Waving the palm branches is important because it's a symbol of victory and triumph of peace and eternal life as an act of worship. And number four, the final thing I want us to see from this passage today is this. The worshipful phrase, Hosanna, Hosanna. I chose to preach this message in this room in front of this window because it specifically says Hosanna with a palm branch there. What an incredible sign this is. In the New Living Translation we read, it says, praise be to God or praise God. But the NIV says, Hosanna, Hosanna. This term Hosanna in the original Greek language literally means save us now. Save us now. Hosanna, save us now. The shouts from the people are, Hosanna, save us now, son of David. Hosanna, save us now in the highest heaven. See, the Jewish people, they knew that the Messiah, the Savior of the world, was going to be coming and would come from a specific line and would fulfill prophecy. And now they see the Messiah coming. They're waving their palm branches. They're laying their garments down and they're saying, Hosanna, save us now, son of David. Hosanna, save us now in the highest heaven. I think this is an incredible exclamation point in this story. It's, it's one of those moments as Jesus is in the center of this parade. He's the center of their attention. And they are singing shouts of praise. Hosanna, Hosanna, son of David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. You see, this is not some normal color drive parade in Pittsfield. This is not some quiet parade where there's little candies being passed out along the road. These people are waiting and expecting their Savior to come. And they're seeing him come right down the middle of the holy city of Jerusalem. And they are worshiping him. Hosanna, save us now, Jesus. On this Palm Sunday, there are so much there are so many things here that signify the importance of this passage for us still today. We have a savior that desires nothing more than an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. And he came into this world as a baby. He lived his life free from sin so that he could be the ultimate and perfect sacrifice for your sins and for mine. And then he went and he began this week, Holy Week, with a parade on this Passover Sunday, 
to signify the coming king, to fulfill prophecy, to show that he was in complete control. And he goes and starts this week in front of 300 to 500,000 people singing shouts of praise, Hosanna, Hosanna, son of David, Hosanna in the highest heaven. And he will finish this week with those same people yelling, crucify him, crucify him. Why? Because he loves you and because he loves me. Jesus did all of this for us. Aren't you thankful for that today? From an act of worship to an act of defiance is what this week really symbolizes, even for us. Are we worshiping our Savior today in the highest heaven and with complete and total surrender? Or are we living our lives in complete defiance of his will and his way? Lord, may you check our hearts today. Would you show us where we're at on this scale? Complete surrender or complete defiance? Lord, help us, I pray. Can you see that Jesus is who he says he is today? Do you see how the fulfillment of prophecy has come true? Do you see how important it is to lay our coat down, to wave palm branches and to shout, Hosanna, save us now. God, I pray that you would save us from our sins today, that you would come and that you would save us from this virus and this pandemic that's, that's happening all around us. God, I pray even more importantly that you would save us from our carnal thoughts and our carnal nature, that you would purify us from all unrighteousness so that we can live in a right relationship with you. I'm so glad that we can worship together on this Passover Palm Sunday. And I wanna take it back to our worship team and they're gonna lead us in a song. It's called The Blessing. And I want you just to listen to these words and understand that this song is about the blessing that God has for you, for your children, and for your children's children. Worship team, lead us in this worship song. Thank you. 
team. I, I love that new song by Carrie Job and, and the Elevation Band. What an incredible song it is. It's scripture. It is just straight from God's word for us today. 
I'm so thankful that we were able to worship together today. Would you join me as we pray together this, this morning? God, we love you. We are so thankful for your love for us that while we were yet still sinners, you sent Jesus Christ to come to this earth as a baby, to live a perfect life for us so that he could be the perfect and ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And then he went through this week, this passion week, where he was celebrated as king and then he was crucified. God, would you help us this week to recognize where we are at in this journey with Christ. And if we need to correct anything or surrender anything to you, Lord, I pray that you'd make that clear to us and that we would not hesitate to get on our knees and to surrender our lives to you once again. God, we love you. We give you praise for your love for us. Thank you for being with us. And I pray, God, that you would help us to help others see you during this week. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. It's been good to be with you today. I pray for you. I hope you have a great day. We'll talk soon.